vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. This is the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and you're listening to episode four, where we're going to take a close look at lesson plans and how they can be most useful for music teachers. Welcome, beautiful teachers, to another episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash four, just the number four. So today we're talking about lesson plans, and this is something that comes up every so often, and a lot of teachers kind of balk at this. They say, I don't need to be doing lesson plans, or I've never done them, and it's worked out just fine, and that might be true. But I do think there's still a benefit to be found in lesson plans for private music teachers, instrumental and vocal teachers. Most teachers don't make lesson plans because they want to be flexible and work with each student as they come. One of our, the huge benefits of our profession, of what we do, or at least most of us do, is that we teach one-on-one, right? And students get, don't get many other opportunities to actually work with a teacher on one-on-one. So that's a huge benefit that we have that other teachers don't and we can adapt to each student as they come and change things up when we need to. So we want to be flexible. There's also the problem that we don't actually have enough time. And this is a major issue that I don't want to ignore because it is very important that we acknowledge that teachers do not have enough time to be making detailed lesson plans every week for every student. Because like I say, we teach them one-on-one for the most part or in small groups. And if we're doing that and we need to make a fully fledged out lesson plan for each one of those lessons, you know, 30 or 40 lessons a week, that's a huge part of your personal time, let's face it, gone. So that's another reason that teachers end up not doing this is because they don't have enough time. Another reason is that they just don't think it's necessary. It doesn't seem like they need them. And I understand that. But as you start to include more and more things, creative activities, games, theory work, and all this stuff that probably if you listen to this podcast, you're trying to do, that's where you really do need lesson plans. Because if you try to fit all these things in, when you have been just turning the pages in a method book, then they're not just going to fit in magically. You have to plan it out. So I find lesson plans extremely useful if they're done right. And I know a lot of teachers as well who make great use of them and just get a huge benefit out of planning out their lessons each week and taking some time and some thought about it. It allows us to work on bigger goals. Um, When you're just in the moment and you're flowing week to week, it can be difficult to plan that overall trajectory. It can be difficult to think ahead to where your student is going, um, where they're up to, where they've come from. Even if you have a very good memory or a little notebook you keep or something, it can still be very difficult to actually plan and have that big, ultimate big picture focus for your students. Also, if you lesson plan, it does allow you to be more creative. Now, I know this seems a little bit like a contradiction in terms, but you can trust me as someone who comes from a creative industry, actually, in a previous life. Structure provides room for creativity. And it's when you 
I mean, it feels creative when you go in the moment and whatever, but if you're actually in a real scenario where you're teaching back-to-back students all day, you are not going to be creative when it's not planned. It's much easier to be creative in advance of the lesson when you're thinking through things ahead of time so that you don't have to, in the moment, come up with this great, crazy idea. And if you do come up with that in the moment, there's no problem scrapping the lesson plan, but it gives you that creative framework to move forward with. So it's so valuable for increasing the creativity in all aspects of your lesson, not just including improvisation, but in making everything you do that little bit more creative. It also teaches you to evaluate your expectations. Now, by this I mean that you're going to start lesson planning. If you've never done this before, congratulations, get started. It's going to be fun. But you're going to start and you're going to wildly overestimate, most most likely, what that student is going to be able to do in the time. You're going to put way too much on your first lesson plans. I've never seen a beginning teacher who said I didn't have enough to do. Um, That's very rare. Most people put too much on their lesson plans. And when you do that, it allows you to adjust your expectations in a much bigger way because you get to that lesson, it was impossible to do all those things. And if that's impossible, probably your goals for that student in the first year might be impossible too, or what you're expecting of them week to week isn't really realistic. So having lesson plans on a weekly basis, and especially if there's something physical that you can hold afterwards and look back through, or a digital record where you can look back through previous lesson plans and see where you actually got to with them, it allows you to adjust your expectations for that student and also for your students in general and really prioritize what you think is important each week. So how do we make lesson plans then? Because they're not going to look, probably not going to look like a classroom teacher's lesson plans would, right? We don't want to plan it every minute, not saying all classroom teachers do that, but we don't want to have the same type of lesson plan that they might do for a primary school, secondary school classroom. What we want to do is have something that's maybe a little bit more flexible or maybe a little bit more tailored to each individual student, but is quick to create because we have a bunch of individual or small group students. So the first idea is to try time-based lesson plans. Now, this would mean that you would map out, I like to do this for my group classes, and I map out on an Excel sheet, you know, um, 1 p.m., 5 past 1, 10 past 1, quarter past one and go through like that. So there's five minute increments as the rows and then the columns will be what we're going to do. So I write in a main focus, like what am I teaching here or what's the point of this? It could be improvisation, it could be note names, it could be whatever it is. And then beside that, the details of the actual activity. I like to have this for group workshops because it's really quick to refer to. Um, So I can look quickly at it and say, okay, we're actually ahead of schedule. So maybe this next activity, I can allow them to explore more or take some more time over it. Or I can add on the extra thing I wasn't sure I was going to have time for. Or I can see we're behind. Hmm, What am I going to drop off? Or what am I going to leave out? Because it's not necessarily the best idea to leave out the last activity, you know, depending on your priorities. So it allows me to adjust it within the lesson time much easier if I can see 
1 p.m., 5 past 1, 10 past 1, where we are supposed to be with that. Um, where are we supposed to be up to at each stage of the group workshop? Now, I would not really want to do this with a weekly individual student, but I will do it with group situations. You could do it with individual students. And I'd suggest if you are going to do something like this, it might be for the first few weeks with a new student. It could require that extra bit of planning and that thought out um, process for the lesson. It could also be useful if you have an important event coming up that you really need to get all this stuff in, like an exam coming up or something like that. But for the most part, um, I don't really think minute by minute lesson planning is essential for private music teachers. And most of us aren't going to have the time week to week to spend creating that kind of lesson plan. The next idea for a lesson plan is just to do bullet points. Just make a simple list. It could be on paper, it could be in Google Docs, it could be in Evernote, wherever you like. But make a list of what you want to get done. Just a very simple, whatever pops into your head and you can reorder it a little bit and think it through. This is a great one actually for reevaluating because especially if you do it like this, you're going to find yourself including a bunch of stuff that you don't get time to do, right? So if you do do this, I would suggest that in your notebook or your Evernote or whatever, you leave a space or you have a separate color for writing in after the lesson, what didn't happen or what did or what went well and what didn't. So say something you completely didn't have time for it, you just put an X through it in red or something like that. So you're keeping track of actually how this is going and how realistic you're being about what's going to get done. If you find that stuff is just really not fitting in, you might do time-based lesson plans for a couple of weeks just to see how the breakdown actually happens and where you're miscalculating, as it were. Where are you um, thinking that more is going to fit into a certain amount of time than it than it actually does. You know, don't let time just run away from you. We only have 30, 45, maybe 60 minutes with each student and time is extremely precious. So make sure you know where those minutes are going if you are doing a looser system. Another idea is to do a sort of trajectory-based lesson plan or a roadmap. So this could be over the course of a year and you map out in particular areas where you want a student to be or overall. I would suggest particular areas because it's going to be a little bit easier to think through for you. So for example, say you know one of your priorities for this student this year is to learn all of their chords really, really well. Well, there's different stopping points along that journey. Um, so where are you going to check in with these things? Where should they be at each lesson? And just make a list for yourself. Well, lesson one, I'll introduce them to the semitones or the half steps in the major chords. And then at week five, we're going to test them out using chord drills with iReal Pro. Could be anything, but focusing on, on specific areas, I think works better than trying to do this for an entire year for your student, because there's so many different aspects going on there, and it's gonna be hard to focus in. But you could make roadmaps for each different area, and then combine them or look at them all together and see how it's going to fit together. And as you go through the year, then you can see where you're up to. And again, this comes back to noticing and adjusting your expectations, because you're going to go for way too much, especially if you're a newbie teacher, right? 
you're probably going to expect them to get way further than they do because stuff comes up. This week wasn't a good practice week. That week they had a tennis tournament. Then there's a recital and that gets in the way. You know, all of this stuff isn't going to happen week to week exactly as you expect it. But with experience and with time, you'll get better and you won't, you'll get better a lot quicker if you actually take note of what's going on and make a plan that then gets broken. It actually makes you improve faster. Another method of lesson planning is assigning in advance. And this is my favorite way to plan for my individual and even buddy um, students, partner students as well. So you can get full details on this at colorfulkeys.ie slash assign. But for now, I'll give you a rundown of roughly how it works. And I might do a later episode with more details on this. But basically, this is assigning in advance, right? So I make lesson plan, um, excuse me, assignment sheets in advance of the lesson, before the lessons. So I know what their homework is going to be before the lesson happens. And this sounds a bit backwards to some people, but it actually works really, really well because it serves as a lesson plan and an assignment sheet. So I've got extra time during the lesson where I would have been a bit distracted and writing stuff to actually focus in on what I want to get done during the lesson. And it acts as a lesson plan at the same time because I can quickly see, okay, I wanted to assign them working with um, the music lock app, but I haven't introduced them to that yet. So that definitely needs to happen before the lesson is up. So it really makes me prioritize about what needs to get done during the lesson. And of course, if stuff, if there's stuff we don't get to, I just cross it off. I just exit on the page. Don't worry about this. We'll get to it next week. So that's my favorite way for individual lessons. Then I like the time-based plans for the group classes. I'd love to hear though what you think. Um, so head to the show notes for this episode at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash four and leave a comment there. Let me know what you think of this, what type of lesson plans you do, whether you've tried something and it doesn't work and you've gone back to winging it. Um, no judgment here. We'd love to hear how you get on with lesson planning and how it works for you. As you move forward and incorporate maybe one of these four ideas or some of the concepts here, or you find a completely new idea and a new way of doing things, experiment. Keep yourself open to experimentation. You know, I landed on assigning in advance as my system last year, and I will continue it into next year because it worked really well. But I've experimented with tons of different ways of doing things, and they've all taught me something. None of them have been wrong or a waste of time. They've all taught me something about how I should be doing things, how I should be thinking about things, my goals for my students, my teaching style, my methods of teaching this and that. Everything helps you grow as a teacher. So just keep experimenting with different ideas until you land on something that maybe works for you. And maybe in a few years, you'll experiment again. These things do not have to be static. They don't have to be the same every week. But you do need to have some kind of system if you're going to fit in all the stuff you want to fit in. Because it's just going minute to minute and turning the pages in the method book. It just leads to so much few seconds here and there just getting lost, right? And we don't have those few seconds to spare. They add up to quite a lot of minutes during the lesson time that suddenly it's over and we don't know what happened and we haven't got to this or that. So try out something, make it your resolution to try out something new this year, um, especially if you've been frustrated by this in the past, and see how it goes for you and report back to us. We'd love to hear as well in the Vibrant Music Studio Teachers Group 
on Facebook. So if you're not a member there yet, go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash community and you can join us there and bounce some ideas for lesson plans off us. As you go forward with lesson planning, um, you need to combine this with some longer term planning and we'll talk about that more in a later episode. But the two together are what make for the students getting the maximum success and you really enjoying your teaching the most and getting the best results for your students and the most enjoyment for them as well. So it doesn't need to be fancy. It just needs to be something and you need to give it a go. So try something out today, see how you get on and report back to me. I'd love to hear how it goes. Bye for now. There are tons of fantastic lesson plans inside the Vibrant Music Teaching site as well. Members get access to fully thought out week by week plans that they can incorporate with their own teaching and they've been finding some fantastic success with things like the Tiny Finger Takeoff for preschoolers or the Chord Crash Course for bringing chords up to speeds in just six weeks. Find out more and become a member today at vmt.ninja. 